Morning, team. God, cholesterol. You at your age. See? You've started the illness. That's what it is now. Age. It is age, isn't it? It is age. But you're not taking tablets, are you? You just ask your listeners, what should I eat? Certainly not the rubbish you're eating. Terrible. You sit down and you eat a box of After Eight. And a uh, catering size. Well, that's around. outrageous. That is outrageous. I mean, even I wouldn't eat that. Things are changing, though. Today is the day. <laughs> yeah. the start of a brand new life. Brown rice. Woo! Oh. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be good for you. She likes brown rice, but Nothing then she, she does caftans nice. and shaven-headed men with small pigtails at the back, so there's no hope. Is there? That's what she does. Ask her about vegetarianism. A life of misery, depression, yeah. <laughs> you name it. Yeah. You I've know. never met a happy vegetarian. I've never... They all look miserable, but they all think it's the way forward. I've never, some, some mornings I, I come in... I what's the matter? Vegetarianism. <laughs> you know, and it's awful. I mean, I don't know what to do. What do you do about it? I've given her money, DVD player, you know, everything. Just, it's not worked. Come on. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Today is the day that you change your life. <laughs> he won't. He'll be out there, box of after eight... Giant Toblerone, Twix. How lovely. Anyway, nice to be company. I trust you well. I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking again. I'm still very well. And uh, I've had my porridge, because I have porridge every morning. But I don't... But you see, the trouble with that, he buys the big bag of the stuff, and he sort of spoons it out, you know. I buy the ready-made stuff. They're 95p a time. I know you think it's expensive, but I don't go out for a cooked breakfast. And I don't smoke. And I hardly drink. Well, I spill most of it nowadays. So it, does, so it doesn't really matter. Whereas Anthony got, buys a big, big bag of porridge and then takes out what he... Well, I can't be bothered to do it because the porridge I've got is instant. You pour on some hot water and it's done. It's got the bits of apple and sultana in it, so I'm getting my five a day. And I have the porridge in the morning. It's very good for me. And it's, it is five a day because I, I ate five sultanas and two bits of apple. So, in fact, I'm over my five a day. Actually, I tell you, I just had strawberries yesterday. I discovered some strawberries at the top of the fridge. And because they were sitting at the top of the fridge, because at the moment they're not very good, the strawberries. They're okay, but they're a bit soft and squidgy. My ones were fine. They were absolutely fine. So I had them with some half fat creme fraiche. Because I quite like creme fraiche. And uh, I mean, I think it's a bit naff. It's like, sort of for people who really don't want to eat proper full fat double cream. Because I used to like that. My mum used to whisk up cream. And you can buy this machine now. Let me just log in, actually. Um. And, and it will take milk, because we saw them demonstrating at uh, the Ideal Home Exhibition, and it turns it into cream. And, and I thought, well, that's good, I need to go out and buy cream. I can't bear people who've got kitchen implements. I mean, I buy kitchen... Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Huh. Keeps telling us to change our passwords round here. Your password will expire in two days. Do you want to change it now? No. <laughs> Sorted that one out. Do that again tomorrow. I can't be bothered to change passwords at the moment. I've run out of rude words. I've used every rude word there is under the sun. And even then some I've never even heard of. I can't think of any more. I've had to ask around the office for rude words. Yes. Producer's got a few. Oh, the vegetarianism. I could use that, couldn't I? It's a rude word for a lot of people. Anyway, apart from that, I had a lovely day. Got the computer up. I went home. So I rushed off from here yesterday. Down the, well, I don't know. I sort of slowly ambled down the road. And, because uh, I was stuck with Alan Dodgen, he wouldn't go, he was like a limpet. And he was sort of hanging, he said, oh, so wh- where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to the bus stop over here, I'm going to get a get a bus, praying, you know, as you do, that the bus will arrive and you wouldn't have to stand there talking to him. And uh, and he said, so, 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 this has happened today, and so I think, oh, God, I mean, by this time I'm throwing a, a noose around the tree, trying to sort of hang myself and jump off a chair. But uh, it's not working, and he's chatting. I'm thinking, where is this blast? I'm looking around. I said, oh, the bus will be here in a minute, thinking perhaps he'll wander off. He'll take the hint. No, he didn't take the hint at all. And, uh, and then, then the bus arrived, and I went, oh, look, the bus. 
blast, the wrong bus. <laughs> then behind it was my bus. I, please don't drive past him. Please don't. So I practically rushed into the middle of the road. Stop, stop. Got on the bus. And, uh, and Alan sort of sat and waves. Waves, I ask you. How embarrassing. But uh, he did that. And so I get home. And then I had to get in the car and come back into town to pick up my computer. Because I bought it the day before, given it to Darren. And Darren had said, you know, as people do, listen, I'll load it with all the stuff you need. Because you've never had one of these before. And Alan was saying to me yesterday, Dodgen, he was saying, oh, you'll never cope with it. You've never been a manager. It's really difficult. Well, <laughs> obviously, I am one of these people who just picks things up really quickly. Because I got in, uh, I did my invoice, because they're, they're due very shortly. Even though we've just got paid, you've got to do the next one fairly fast. And so I've done that. And then I disconnected, discovered there was a load of dust underneath my, my Dell laptop. A load of dust under it. Terrible, really. Especially by the little um, um, fans. So anyway, so I did that, wiped it all down. Oh, it looks quite nice. And then took my other one out of the box, because it weighs a tonne. And considering it's only just a screen, it's a wireless keyboard and it's a wireless mouse. And I was really pleased with it. I plugged it in, plugged it into the mains, plugged in the uh, the router cable and ta-da! It all burst into life. But I'm blowed if... Uh, I mean, I was sitting there and I couldn't... Somebody said to me, you need to get used to the mouse. Well, I mean, I've... I don't know why they tell you that, except when I started playing with it. So I'm moving it and it doesn't have left and right on it. It just looks like an oval piece of plastic. And so I'm sort of, and it's, and the, the, I'm, I can't make it do what it's supposed to do. And Darren's on the phone, I can't make it do it. Crying a bit, you know, by this time. Hopefully, you know, sort of shoving down another bottle of wine. And it won't do it, it won't do it. And you get really frustrated. I get really frustrated. If I can't make something do something, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted sometimes to pick it up and throw it out the window. Because it drives me mad. And so we won't do it. And he's going, OK, now move the cursor over to this bit here. OK, and double-click. I'm going double-click. I'm going, I can't double-click. It won't, won't, won't double-click. And he said, but he said, you, I said, it won't move. It won't move. And he said, yes, it, he said, well, look, move it into the, this next box here, OK? Put in your name and your password. It won't move. So by this time, I'm, I've really had enough. I'm really getting very stressed. I'm going to put the phone down in a minute and go outside and have a good cry. And he said, OK. And then eventually I got the... Oh, it moved. It moved. I said, I've got the password to move. I said, it moved over. I said, wait a minute, how do I clear it? And then all of a sudden it started wandering off again by itself. I couldn't, I couldn't keep the cursor in one place. He said, make the cursor go over the top of the... It won't do it. And, it, and, and in the end, I mean, it, I'm, I'm sitting there. I mean, I'm just... I'm sitting... On my, on my little seat. I've got a little bucket seat. It's, it's one of those ones, it's got a hydraulic, it's like an upturned bucket. And he says to me, he said, why, he said, why, why won't it, I, I don't know why it won't do it, it just won't. Anyway, I was, I was a bit like that ghastly girl on Big Brother, it won't work, oh, it's working. And uh, you know what it was? I've got the mouse upside down. So, <laughs> I'm happily moving the mouse isn't that the stupidest thing ever? So, Because I, well, I said, thinking that the apple will be at the top. No, the apple is underneath. Because I said to him, I said, strange enough, I said, the back of the mouse is moving up and down. He said, you've got it upside down. So I had to turn it round. I said, it was working now. <laughs> and, uh, and then that was that. Then he said, oh, check if you can do this, check if you can do that. I couldn't find the link to get onto the LDC website so I can check my emails from home. So I, I didn't get that. I've got the link, which Adrian sent me from the computer department. But I haven't actually managed to, to do it. So Darren will sort that out today. Then overnight, he sorted out all the things and said, listen, don't do this, don't do that. Don't plug in your printer yet. Wait till I'm remoting it. And then we'll, we'll plug in the printer. So at the moment, it's great. It looks fabulous. It doesn't take up as much room. 
it's 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 nice. You know, now it's sort of up there. I'm quite pleased with it. Once I've learnt to do a couple of things, I mean, so far I I can actually, you know, I I can log on to websites, which is all I do with it. I just go around the world looking at magic shops and stuff like that and typing in silly bits and pieces. But uh, that I can do. Once I've learnt how to type in the the invoice, I'll be fine. Because at the moment, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but it looks quite impressive. It looks quite impressive, but fancy the mouse upside down. I mean, how stupid am I? I don't come any more daft, I'm afraid, but never mind. Oh, not day 700 of boring Denise Welsh and her tedious drug story. This time, sex with my toy boy lover. And the day my Tim found out about us. Oh, yuck, yuck, yuck. Old woman pulls young boy. Oh, old coked up woman pulls young boy. Not nice. Why do they want to tell you? Why do they want to tell you these things? I said yesterday. I mean, I mean, it was it was bad enough. I've noticed actually. Watch old uh, the, the fat bird on loose Colleen. Watch watch the fat bird at the end because you know she's put on a ton of weight. She's put. This is after flogging us her DVD on how to lose weight. Write to her just to get your money back, dear dear fat bird. At the end of the panel, I bought your DVD. And, unfortunately, it's not worked for me. Like, it's not worked for you either. Because you just did it to make some money out of us. And I feel a bit cheated. So, anyway, so she's on there. And, obviously, she thinks she's really funny. So, every time somebody says something, like Cherie uh, Houston, who's mad as a brush, and, and says something, obviously, Colleen looks around to make sure the camera's caught her doing one of her funny faces. But, of course, as Colleen's face is funny generally, it doesn't really matter whether she's got a special camera. So, I was sort of watching that yesterday. And, again, she was doing her... Dirty old woman pouring young man with Simon Webb, who's on there to discuss going into Sister Act. And, uh, and she's pouring him. I thought, oh, dear. You know, he should really turn around and go, Oi, fat bird, get your hands off. Dear me, I mean, it was horrible. She said, she said I- I've adopted somebody out of blue. I think it was Anthony Costa. She said, but every time I sort of touch him, he sort of recoils because I'm like his sort of adoptive mother. So I'm not surprised. Even if you weren't his adopted mother, you'd, you'd want to be sick. She said it, it said, he said it makes him feel sick if I touch him. I thought, I know how you feel. Uh, Adrian Childs appears to be off the one show. Obviously, the BBC have had enough of Fat Boy. And they've decided, get rid and bring in Matt Allwright, who's a bit dreary, I'm afraid. He's not, he's not as exciting as they're trying to make out he is. Unfortunately, he won't get the gig, I think, very unlikely. But they've now said uh, Adrian could really... Oh, I must show you this picture. I must show you this picture. This is a picture of, of Jack Tweed, OK? Uh, this is, it's an old, old picture uh, of the holiday. But the, the picture I wanted to show you, because I, I, didn't, I didn't want to be rude. Does he have some nerdy friends or what? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Look at these people. <laughs> Hello? Oh. Uh? Aren't they just awful? Watch out, girls. Watch out, girls. They're on their way. Whoa, I tell you, you'd really want to pick one of his friends up. Oh, crikey. I looked at it up in the office. I'm not being rude, am I? He no, does... He, he looks a bit... Looks a bit like Mr Bean, one of the friends, poor soul. No. Anyway, so uh, Adrian Charles has moved to GMTV, and frankly, you know, let's get over ourselves. It's just one presenter moving to another programme. And, uh, and now they've said that uh, he could be teaming up with another beauty. And I thought, well, wait a minute, they have enough people down there who, who can do the show. No, this is sexy Irish lookalike Gronya Sioge, 36, so she's quite ancient in television terms, has proved such a hit with GMT viewers, bosses are eager to sign her up. Apparently hundreds of emails flooded in from fans after she presented the Cheltenham Festival. This week she's doing a stand-in sports slot on the show and Chiefs hope to tempt her away from her TV job in Ireland. 
In other words, her agent feels that she's gone far enough in the job she's got, and because she's Irish, they think they might better shove her on the sofa. Unfortunately, it doesn't come down to that. You know, she did a bit from the Cheltenham Festival and was such a hit. Apparently, they say here, Gronya, who presents an Irish version of Britain's Got Talent, has wowed everyone with her dazzling looks. No, sorry, love, I'm not saying this at all. I'm doing my best. I'm having a look down there. And they say here both women have a warm personality on screen. Hi, year. It's hardly a warm personality. Might be when she's got the heating on with old lampers in bed. Whoa, but apart from that, can't talk about it, can we? These are the headlines. Lib Dem Treasury spokesman Vince Cable has criticised Conservative tax and spending plans as fundamentally dishonest. Chancellor Alistair Darling is on with Nick Ferrari a little later. Two men have been charged after a man was stabbed to death in the street in Karshalton on Monday night. And because of ongoing riots, the Foreign Office has updated its advice on Thailand, saying you should only travel to the country if you have to. Have a check on the uh, roads. Good morning, Matt Jones. Good morning, Steve. We'll uh, start off in Catford this morning. where we Morning, every 18 minutes past five. So uh, here is she, is Gronya, whose agent's desperate to get her out of Irish, Irish television. I don't know, if you work for RTE, I thought you'd be fairly happy. But uh, they have said, listen, you know, we don't mind her coming over to, uh, to GMTV, but she's certainly not going to be presenting with Adrian. We're looking for a big name. So in other words, if you're currently presenting on GMTV and your name's Emma Crosby, goodbye! Because quite clearly they don't think you're the big name to present with him. So they're obviously having this sort of... It's going to look like the BBC, isn't it, down at GMT? It's going to look a bit peculiar, because, unfortunately, if you're at the BBC, you, you do get a bit cosseted, because they're actually quite good, because it's like being, you know, part of Auntie Beeb. They never say Auntie ITV, do they? They go, great-grandmother ITV. And, uh, and you have to work a bit for your money. So if Adrian thinks he's going to have a cushy ride... I remember we, we employed a, a BBC presenter uh, at LBC. I won't tell you who it is... But they, they joined LBC for what had to be the shortest presenting stint on record. And they came in... I'd love to tell you who it is. But anyway, they, uh, they were confronted by the producer, who uh, was the producer for the programme five days a week, unlike television, where you'll have a series of producers who run all the way across the, uh, the show for the week and then booking for the week ahead. And, uh, and I think on the Friday... She'd done the first week. She'd done a few days on the programme. And he gave her which is a woman, uh, a pile of books. And she went, uh, what are these? This was on the Friday. And he said, well, this is who you're interviewing next week on the programme. And it was something like three or four books he'd given her. And so she said, what am I supposed to do with those? He said, you're supposed to read them because you're talking to the authors next week on the programme. That was the last we saw of her. Because she was so used at the BBC. And we used to have another presenter here. And they used to have book interviews uh, on the programme but the book would be given to the producer who would go home, read it, and write all the questions up. Which seems a bit pointless if you're the one doing the interview and you're reading something and then you say so-and-so, and they go, no, that's not right. Where, where, where did you read that? And you go, um, well, I didn't read it, my producer wrote it. And that, that could be really embarrassing. So that's why I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Gronya, who they obviously say, you know, they have a warm personality here in Christine Bleakley. She looks as hard as old boots, does Christine Bleakley. I'm ever so sorry. She doesn't look warm personality. Uh, career highlights... For Gronje, started on Sky News Ireland, big break on Hit the All, the Ireland talent show, now wowing fans on uh, GMTV. Presenting style, bubbly and relaxed. Well, you can't be both, can you? You're either going to be bubbly, in which case you're like a little bit of a volcano, or you're going to be relaxed, which is sort of your comatose, horizontal. You can't be both bubbly and relaxed. Uh, and they say here, presenting style for Christine Bleakley, bubbly and relaxed as well. 
That's another one, isn't it? Bubbly and relaxed. Started at BBC Northern Ireland and then moved to the One Show in 2007. So she's actually done nothing. She's done nothing at all. Very lucky to have got where you are, Christine. Hi, you. And you've pulled yourself a footballer. My God, woman, you're doing well. <laughs> but I love it when they say here, this, 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 this Gronya, people keep asking for her hand in marriage and begging to see more of her on the sofa. Who are they begging? Is that her agent? Will you, for God's sake, take Gronya off her hands? She's driving us mad over here. She's seen Christine bleakly on the television. She wants to do the same. <laughs> I bet you see her on there, but she won't be main presenting. Do you know, there was a story, and I'm, so, I'm sorry to mention it this early, because I'm, I'm sort of halfway with it and halfway not with it, and it was a story of a soldier who was clocked at 143 miles an hour driving down the, uh, the road, and they've let him off because they say he's going to be going out to Afghanistan and he's going to be um, sort of stopping roadside bombs. I thought, what's that got to do with his driving licence? I'm quite sure that even if you haven't got a driving licence but you can drive, they're going to let you drive in Afghanistan. Do you think the Afghani police are going to stop you and go, excuse me, have you got a licence? Where is it? Show me your license. It's a British driving licence. You know, they're, they're not going to be worrying about that. You're in Afghanistan, you're a soldier. Shouldn't imagine it makes any... I imagine loads of people must double up on their jobs. So, uh, I didn't agree with that one. 143 miles an hour. You should have been banned immediately. I mean, how many different laws are there? Just because somebody... I mean, can you say, well, I was doing 143 miles an hour, but most of my job is driving a milk float, and, you know, I'm delivering milk to pensioners, who, so if they don't get it, could die. You know, could you get off on that technicality? Because it seems to me now that they put any old waffle up, don't they? Actually, talking of uh, Milkman, there's a guy called Bob Bullock who's returned from his weekly Sunday collection to be uh, confronted by three masked raiders who battered him with a hammer to get his uh, takings. I mean, all of this is, uh, is in a, a, little, a little tiny village, a little tiny village in, in Warwickshire. And they, they sped off at 3pm on Sunday in a black Ford Focus. I mean, isn't that absolutely awful that people would confront him to take the little bit of money? Whatever sort of money, he's, he's, not, he's a milkman. He's not exactly going to have thousands of pounds on him, is he? He's going to have, like, you know, maybe £100, 150 that's it. And for that, three masked men would batter him with a hammer to take that. They will find them, actually. They find them fairly quickly nowadays, because most burglars are a bit stupid and thick. They're mainly on drugs. And uh, once you actually catch them, you chuck him in prison. Simple as that. I wish somebody put Amanda Holden in prison. She's on the front page of all the papers. Say, why? She's had something done to her lips. She's had one of these injections. She says here, <laughs> uh, the stunning Britain's Got Talent judge laughed off the claim, saying, it's not true. I can't even say it's great lip gloss, just me pursing my lips and flash cameras. It doesn't quite look right, though. She does have a frightened look on her face. Well, it could be, but, I mean, to be honest with you, every single paper is running with it. The truth about Britain's trout power. Why is it that, if, I mean, if it is or isn't true, but why is it that people in show business can't, can't be honest and tell you the truth? They're almost like children. Remember Christine Bleakley? Are you going out with Frank Lampard, dear? I couldn't see. Are you going... That was a very strange accent, that was. I, th I think she'd had a kebab or something. <laughs> it did sound like J.R. Hartley, didn't it? And you say, you know, how, are you going out with Frank Lampard? I couldn't say. Why not? I can't. You're 31, of course you can. Don't be so stupid. You get so angry, don't you, with, the, with these people who just uh, never tell you. So here is this, this soldier, Cameron Edmondson. Cameron with a K. Oh, dear. Worrying parents, I'm afraid. He was in his Ford Focus ST, whatever that is, uh, on the M40. He's 20, and he believed he was being followed by a supercharged Subaru Impreza. Impreza or something. Um, and, and accelerated... Silly little girl's blouse. Don't be so stupid. Of course, she weren't being followed. 
Anyway, he, what he does is he repairs bomb-damaged vehicles, but without the driving licence, he wouldn't be able to train. Oh, what a pile of old poo that one is, ladies and gentlemen. Lib Dem candidate for Blackburn, Paul English, said his actions were as lethal as a speeding bullet. The law of the land should be equal to all, full stop, no exceptions. The judge, Martin Coates, M-A-R-T-E-N, anybody spell up there? says, you richly deserve to be disqualified for this appalling behaviour, but it means you would not be trained to do a job not many want to do. Well, I'm so, Well, you know, do you not think he should have thought about that before he put his foot down to 143 miles an hour? I think so. Jack Straw says, it seems to me the judge showed appropriate mercy for someone risking his life for us. Hmm, well, I'm not, you know... He could have killed somebody at 143 miles an hour. So, I mean, all this crap about... Oh, because without this licence... He can't actually repair lorries at the roadside. What, do you need a driving licence to repair a lorry now? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Got, well, you'd you just be a passenger sitting with other soldiers who maybe weren't doing 143 miles an hour. I don't know, we don't ask for much in this world, do we? Just a bit of honesty, ladies and gentlemen. Are you going out with Frank Lampard? I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. Dawn says, a while back you all went off to have your photos taken. We saw the behind-the-scenes photos on the LBC website. When can we see the final version? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Because uh, I thought Ashley was going through them. Apparently, he's, he's actually got to my set, and it's taking him a bit longer to go through, because he can't believe that somebody of that age looks that good. And he's having them checked to make sure they've not been tampered with. Uh, on yesterday's Loose Women, they said Debbie Reynolds is going to be on their show today. I will be watching. As long as they don't put Colleen Nolan on there. Can we, obviously, she's not working at the moment. She's not writing a book or doing a fitness DVD. So can we have somebody else on the panel, please? Don't want to see Colleen Nolan. Or certainly don't want to see Denise Welsh, who presumably, while her book is being serialised, talking about the amount of cocaine she's shoved up her nose and the toy boy that she's had sex with behind her husband's back and then he found out, they decided perhaps best not to put her on the panel and keep her off the panel so that we can then see her bubbly personality. Because she's bubbly and relaxed, isn't she? I've seen her being relaxed, falling out of cabs, falling in the gutter, you know, draping her arms around women. And, of course, she did the classic, oh, my God, you're so racy-pacy. So racy-pacy. She snogged another woman. It's really... She admitted that in the book. She said, but I'm not gay. Oh, there's a surprise. Good heavens, you snogged another woman. God, blimey. That really is pushing the boat out, ladies and gentlemen. Well done, Denise. You are an absolute classic buffoon, I'm afraid. I still think she's quite good-looking and she's quite a good actress, but I just think, why don't you just keep your big, fat mouth shut? We're not interested. You know, it's like when you listen to Colleen and, and you think, oh, she was talking about Ray, her dreary husband, who apparently plays in a band or something. Well, he's got a set of drums, I think, with Shane Jr. And, um, and she was talking about, you know, the fact that he can just about remember birthday, but he can't remember Christmas. He only knows it's Christmas when she puts the tree up. Well, of course, I immediately got an image in my mind. Uh, Noreen... Let's hope you were having a good Tuesday. It wasn't the weather. Do you know, it was, a, it was too hot for me yesterday. I don't do heat, as you know. I'm not a heat person. It's because, in keeping with the rest of the station and the illnesses we have, my thyroid has not worked. So I'm on levothyroxine. It doesn't make any difference. It still doesn't work. And it still means that you get a bit of heat outside. And it's an absolute nightmare. I just burn up. So I'm happier when it's cold. This is LBC... Sorry, I'm just doing it in the coffee. I can't get it out. It's been wedged. Thank you. Do we not think the... We're not sure if the coffee machine's working this morning. We need to sort of... Uh, oh, dear. No, it's not nice, is it? Mm, not nice. Actually, I must mention very briefly that Jim Diamond is, uh, is running for Help a London Child. And he's got a website. And he'd, he'd like some money. 
because he doesn't want to raise a lot. I mean, bless his heart, he hasn't set the barrier very high on this one. A couple of quid would be nice. But if you go to www.justgiving.com forward slash Jim slash diamond, Jim dash diamond, sorry, and then you could, you could perhaps a pound... Or something like that, because he hasn't... Oh, are you lovely? Well, no, it's lovely. all right. It's all right for you. Yeah, cause he, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to raise a lot of money. But, but you, Say it again. You need to, all right. Say it again. So it's www.justgiving.com <laughs> forward slash... It is on. What? It's on all the time. Oh, right, I'm out there. It is on all the time. No, this one here is on all the time. It is. It, it, it so is. No, not on the website, No. That's on the other one. So, anyway, so I forgot where I got to. www.justgiving forward slash Jim dash diamond. And it takes you to his... Because he's raising some money. He's, he's not the fittest person. But he's hoping to sort of, you know, raise a couple of hundred quid at least. And you can, you can donate on there. They do, they do a lot of good. And it goes to help a London child. So we thought we'd do that. Be quite nice, wouldn't it? Okay, so uh, I'll remind you of that a little bit later on. So, actually, going back briefly, uh, playback this week is good. You were talking to Jonathan Levi, says Noreen. Has Paul got home yet? No, he's still over there. Uh, but he he was due to be over there anyway for a little bit longer. But at the moment, I think it's best he doesn't come home at all. I think it's best he's, he stays there for a while, poor soul. I don't know if you were listening to Nick Ferrari the other day. They had um, Osborne on and they were talking, because I'm now listening to everybody. I've started listening, but I only listen when on the radio, because I can't bear watching people on the television. And have you noticed that nobody answers a question? They come up with sort of great ideas. And yesterday I was, I was listening, because uh, I came back into town, and Osborne was talking about, um, what are they talking about? Immigration. Which is, which, is, which is a hot topic for a lot of people. I think the Lib Dems said that they were going to give an amnesty to lots, lots of people. The Conservatives were saying that what they were going to do is they were actually going to tighten up the border controls. And Nick Ferrari kept saying to him, but uh, what about all the illegal immigrants in the country at the moment? What are you going to do about them? And they kept going round the houses. You don't get straight answers out of politicians. And the, and the simple answer is that there's nothing they'll be able to do about that. Because unlike America, where people uh, generally come in over the border from Mexico, nobody swims to America. Whereas people swim to this country, they arrive on the beaches, and then they just disappear into the community. America came up with a, a system a while ago that they issued an amnesty to all the people who were illegal to say, right, come forward, we will register you and we'll do things like this. And then they said that if any business was found to be employing illegal immigrants because they get them cheaper, they would close the business down. And I thought, you're never going to implement that here. We've, we've gone so far down the line of people arriving in here. At the moment, there are people being sent back to Iraq and now lawyers are saying these people shouldn't be sent back there, even if they're illegal, because it's a dangerous country. So what we've become is, is the melting pot. So when you listen to the politicians talking on LBC and every day of the week Nick's going to have somebody on, trying to get a straight answer out of them is like to get blood out of a stone because they won't tell you because they don't know half the time. They know what you want to hear. What you want to hear is the fact that we want everybody to be out working. We want more policemen on the streets. We want to go back to a time when it was a nice, happy country and we weren't opening up and discovering 14-year-old girls stabbing men to death. You don't want to read those sort of headlines. But unfortunately, we've gone so far down the line, it's just not going to happen. It didn't help yesterday with um, um, the Simon Webb from Blue on Loose Women. And Colleen said to him, so what did you want to be when you were a child? And he came up with the answer, which I did not want to hear. I wanted to be famous. 
And that was it. That is the end result of what people want nowadays. I want to... What did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be famous. Whereas when I was growing up, we thought, oh, I wanted to be... I don't know, a fireman, or I wanted to be a... Well, I didn't want to be a fireman, actually. I just wanted to be... I didn't, I didn't think about fame, because I don't think we had fame. I don't, I don't think we had fame, anyway. We might have had famous people on the television, but you didn't go, oh, that's my ambition, to be famous. But nowadays, that's all they want to be. They want to be famous. And I can't begin to tell you what Lee Ryan has been saying in one of the papers today. I mean, it's not even for a family programme, although I wasn't surprised because I'd heard it before. Uh, somebody else had sent me something. It's the old Stephen Gerrard story, uh, which has been doing the rounds on the internet since 1996. And it's surfaced again. It's a load of old rubbish. And it was sent in by Vin in Hyams Park. It's absolute rubbish, Vin. And you can get yourself into an awful lot of trouble by writing this and submitting it on the internet. Because a very clever lawyer could get hold of you and say that you're spreading malicious and false lies. And uh, they would drag you into court nowadays for something like that. So uh, I, I would advise you to, to, uh, to stop sending... He says at the end of it, he says, uh, ask around your sources, should better get the name. We know who it is. It's lies. We've already told you it's lies. And I say, you can get into an awful lot of trouble by spreading things like this. Footballers are very keen and very litigious now to get people into court who've spread lies about them on the internet. So be very thankful that I'm not passing it on to my friends in Liverpool. I must thank Victor Spinetti. A book arrived this morning. And, and I thought, how lovely. A, a book. Perhaps it's, it's one of Victor Spinetti's treasured books. It's actually come from uh, a Mr Sutherland, who's a bookseller in Oxfordshire. And he's, he has a, a company called Sutherland. And they, they sell, or he sells, uh, books on the performing arts, all sorts of things. And Victor Spinetti obviously contacted him and said, uh, my friend Steve Allen, it was beautifully wrapped, uh, is a big fan of circus. So the book that I've been sent is called The Sawdust Ring. And it's a really super book by Rupert Croft Cook and W.S. Meadmore, printed in, uh, God, I've got no idea what year, but it's all about the circus. All about the circus, all the way back from Philip Astley, the father of the circus, in 1742, uh, up to Phineas T. Barnum, the T standing for Taylor, to Bertram Hill Circus at Olympia, Chipperfield Circus, uh, the Fossets. All the uh, the clowns over the years. It's a really, really super book. And Victor, I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. I mean, I love reading stuff like that. Absolutely love it. My favourite circus book, as you know, is British Circus Life by Lady Eleanor Smith, which follows Rico's Circus up north. And uh, and that was a beautiful pictorial view of what British circus life used to be like. But this one is absolutely super. So, Victor, thank you very much indeed. And, uh, and you can tell Mr Sutherland when you speak to him that he wraps his books beautifully. Not only was it wrapped in brown paper with string round it, then it was wrapped in something else and cardboard, and then it was wrapped in more brown paper with sticky tape on it, and then it was put in a jiffy bag. It was like past the path. I thought we should have started music up in the office, and I could have passed it round and hoped it got back to me. Katie Nichols doing the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning, Daily uh, edi the diary editor of the Mail on Sunday, talking about... Uh, Political stunts going wrong. Alistair Darling, of course. And do mums make better drivers than dads? Now, of course, most... I mean, my mother was terrible. My mother was a She was a good driver, but she was what I call careful. She was what we used to call, a few years ago, the Sunday driver. 
In other words, people would go out on a Sunday. They would, they would pack up a picnic and make some sandwiches up in the morning. Then you'd all sit in the car with your sandals on and your little socks. I was 37, I ask you. And, uh, and we'd all go off into the countryside, although we'd sit down on a beach with the rain lashing into the car and we'd be peering through it. And every so we'd put the windscreen wipers on and you'd sit there with some orange squash and a sandwich. And this was the British day out, but my mother used to drive. And um, I used to say to her, Mum, listen, you can cross the road now. And she'd get, well, I'm just checking, Stephen. There'd be no cars within five miles in either direction. And we still crawl across the road. I remember one time, and it was like, like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We were out driving on the motorway. I think we were going down to Windsor or something for the day. And she had a little mini at the time, a little mini Mayfair. And we're going down the motorway. And they were never fast minis. I actually burnt an engine out in a minute because I think I managed to make it go 50 at one point. And we're going down, and this lorry comes up right behind her. And she doesn't know where to go. She can't go to the left or to the right because the car doesn't have the uh, the speed in it. The lorry can actually go a little bit faster than we can, but she can't move over. So all we get is beep, beep from this. Well, of course, it's making her more worried. In National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, he's driving down and he sees somebody else going, oh, and you as well. And this lorry has got, it's taking logs and he finds himself in the middle of the lorry underneath it because it's just got the trailer at the back. And that was a bit like me and my mum going down the motorway. Not good. Not good at all. So do mums make better drivers than dads? Probably not, but they're just a little bit more careful. I mean, I had, strangely enough, uh, it was a woman who taught me to drive. In between doing her makeup and her nails and her hair and everything else. Actually, there was a woman sitting on the train yesterday morning. I thought she must be a listener to this programme. She gets on, she's wearing full war paint. <laughs> She'd really troweled it on, hair scraped back. I thought, well, you're either um, a trolley dolly that's lost at the airport, um, or you're going into an office, but you've got very dim lighting at home because the makeup was just a little bit too heavy. Anyway, she then sits there and then proceeds to get out the makeup case and starts applying more. More makeup. I really wanted to say to her, listen, you've got too much on at the moment. Don't put any more on. You don't need it. You'd look much better if your face was uh, was natural, Brian. Uh, now, Claudia sent me an email. And Claudia was the one who won the how the, the, high, sorry, the how low laptop on Sunday. She said, I was absolutely thrilled. And so was my friend Sharon. We're both huge fans. We came to Hornchurch last year. Love your programme. You make me laugh. Been listening to you for years. Not possible. I'm only 39. She said, I'm only 37 too. Strange, that. Cynicism. She said, I look forward to downloading your podcast onto my new laptop. Claudia, well done. I think it was it £1.17 it went for. It's like, £1.17. Even if you pack it up and sell it on, you've made some money on it. So, well done. Congratulations. I like it when, when people... People write in and say, oh, I, I did so-and-so and I had a go at your competition and I, and I won. And I say, oh, that's nice. I like to hear of the, the winners. In fact, in the same way that Stuart yesterday was getting a little bit panicky, he downloads this programme every day and it costs him £4 a month. And he said, but Steve keeps saying it costs £2 a month. And I say, no, it, it costs from £2 a month. And so I said, listen, if you want to save money, what you do is you sign up for six months... And you get it for £12. So as opposed to paying £4 at the end of each month, in which case that's a lot of money, you get it for half price, sign up for six months. You can only sign up for six months, that's the maximum. And it's £12, which is £2 a month. I mean, it, this programme costs about a penny. A penny, I ask you. I mean, sure, surely I'm worth more than that. Surely I'm worth more than that. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to do it. But anyway, he said, I, I was having a, a fag break in Leicester Square and listening to the podcast of you and Alan chatting about your exorbitant phone bill when you mentioned me. 
He says, I've now cancelled my monthly subscription and will resubscribe for six months. You're already great value and now you're even better. See, that's what we like to hear, Stuart. I like that a lot. Uh, I mentioned Debbie Reynolds because she's going to be on Loose Women today. You watch her on Loose Women and then you'll hear her with me this coming Sunday between six and seven. She's doing 12 performances only at the Apollo Theatre. I think anybody over the age of 35 should book and see this amazing woman. She is a true Hollywood legend. Uh, she's just a bundle of energy and charm. She's 78. And my God, I've spoken to people at 45 who are falling apart. But they're, they're going to have actual MGM film footage of her uh, glittering career and her incredible life of song and dance. So she starts on the 28th of April, running through to the 9th of May. So it's Wednesday through Sunday. It's 7.30 at night. She's got a matinee on Saturday at 2.30 and on Sunday at 4 p.m. So if you want to go and see somebody who I was absolutely capped... I mean, you don't get any bigger, do you? You don't get any bigger than, uh, than Debbie Reynolds. I think about the only one left out of the big Hollywood uh, superstars, apart from... Um, Elizabeth Taylor. Love to talk to Elizabeth Taylor. Love to talk. What would you talk about? I don't know. How many times have you been married? Are you still looking for Mr. Wright? I don't know. But uh, if you if you do uh, go and see Debbie Reynolds, you're more than likely to see me there as well, because I'm going to see her as well. Because we love Debbie Reynolds. So uh, make sure you, you book in for that one very quickly. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. It's quarter for six. These are the headlines. British business leaders are to scrutinise the three main parties' policies on tax and spending later. The Institute of Directors hasn't been impressed with explanations on how they'll plug the massive deficits so far. Two more teenagers are being questioned this morning about the murder of a man found stabbed to death at a flat in Stockwell. And ahead of the third anniversary of the disappearance of Madeleine McCann, her father Jerry claims British authorities have given up on his daughter. Let's have a check on the uh, state of the roads for you this morning. It's very good morning to Matt Jones. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. We'll start off uh, on the A30. Morning, every 13 minutes to uh, six. A bit churlish of uh, Jerry McCann to say the British authorities have given up on his daughter. I mean, it's three years. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think you seriously could have got any more support from the British public. I mean, what more can they do? I don't... I mean, we, we've said this before about McCann's. They're in a catch-22 situation. It's a dreadful thing to happen to anybody. I mean, if I have to look at Mrs McCann's miserable face one more time, I mean, your heart just bleeds. You don't know what to say to them. But the trouble is, it's now three years on. Now they've started saying, well, the British authority... What, what were they supposed to do? You know, it's, it's to do with the Portuguese authorities. That's where she went missing. Of course, it comes back to that old argument which you keep throwing back at me all the time, which is, had they not all gone off for dinner and left her alone in the flat with the two other children, we wouldn't be talking about this. But they did, and we have to face the consequences. But to say that the British authorities have given up, how many years... I mean, what about all the other thousands, thousands of children who go missing every year? What about them? They don't get half the coverage that the McCanns do. I bet if you wrote in, if you were the mother of a child who's gone missing and you wrote to Lorraine Kelly or wrote to anybody else and say, would you like to cover my son who went missing 15 years ago, the response will be a big flat no. That's what it'll be. And, you know, unless they're actually doing a feature, but they never cover thousands of children who go missing every year, never to be seen ever again. Madeleine McCann gets high profile mainly due to the action of her parents, and she seems to get loads of coverage in the papers. I don't know whether or not she's ever going to resurface again. They keep putting pictures of, of what she looks like. Well, I wouldn't recognise her. You could see somebody out. We've had, we've had the press trail about all over the place. I just don't know what they think the British authorities are supposed to do, because I don't think that they, c they can do anything at all. Uh, two stories in the papers today which, uh, which beg a second look. 
First of all, Jane Moore saying exactly what we said yesterday about Jack Tweed, an unpleasant piece of work who needs to uh, grow up. And uh, also Gary Lineker's wife, Danielle Bucks, marvellously attractive person. Uh, <coughs> uh, says, I know a lot of people would kill for World Cup tickets, but I'm just not that into football. Last week, you remember, it was announced that Danielle Bucks has been signed up by GMTV to commentate on the tournament. What she knows about football, you can write on a grain of sand. It's an embarrassment, isn't it, really? Uh, the other one is that they, they're claiming in the paper today they found Noah's Ark. It's, I'm afraid, more hooey. There is no such uh, truth in this rumour. It surfaces every so often. You'll always find some barmer who goes, on a mountain in Turkey, we found Noah's Ark. And they go, yes, of course you have, sweet pea. Uh, because there was no evidence it ever actually existed in the first place. It was just a story, OK? A bit of a story. It doesn't actually exist. And so they say they found it. And, they say, and, they, and they've got photographs of some poor Chinese bloke wandering around inside and going, and this is the wood. After 4,800 years, it's in a marvellous state of preservation, the Ark. In fact, I think we should bring it back here immediately. All the experts have said this is just rubbish. So there you go. Total, total rubbish. Uh, bosses of the Swiss suicide firm Dignitas were facing jail last night after up to 300 urns containing human rain remains were found dumped in a lake. They were found at the bottom of Lake Zurich by police divers. They say that the boss could be jailed for up to three years and fined £3,000 for carrying out unauthorised burials and disturbing the peace of the dead. Now... I'd, I'm assuming, looking at these urns here, that they contained ashes. I'm assuming that the people who died in Dignitas were ashes. And I don't know what, what you're... Most people would scatter, wouldn't they? In fact, Freddie Mercury was scattered, I think, on a lake in Switzerland or by a lake in Switzerland. And we only know that because we spoke to somebody who was there. It was a very private ceremony. And uh, these uh, urns, whether they contain actual bodies... They don't look big enough to contain bodies, to be honest with you. They look as though they're funeral urns which have got ashes in. And if, if it's that, then the people who were there scattered their loved one's ashes and then dropped the urn in the lake. That's what I'm thinking, because 300 seems like a hell of a lot. You know, you don't just do that overnight. Leslie Close, whose musician brother John died there in May, said, this is distressing. Fortunately, John's ashes were returned to me in a beautiful urn, just like the ones which had been found. But many British families must be wondering if the remains of their loved ones are at the bottom of the lake. See, that's what I think they might do. Because if you, if you then go there and you go to Dignitas, and I've seen the documentaries on the television, and I've seen the way that they do it, then if the person is cremated, and they, and they then say, would you like their, their ashes back? And they go, no, why don't you scatter them here? Why don't you scatter them here? And, and they do that, and then they go and scatter them in the lake, and then they drop the pot... So, so combining the two, I can see this for a spiritual side, that they've com combined the two together. The ashes have been scattered in the lake and the pot's gone in there as well because that was the last remaining place of, of that person. I can see that. Some people want the ashes back. I don't know what you do with them, but some people do like them back and they, they sit on the, on the mantelpiece and uh, that provides some comfort. As I said, my, my, my Uncle Alf... Uh, when he died, his, uh, his, his wife Maureen had him put in an egg timer because he was bone idle when he was living. She thought he might as well work a bit when he's dead. So we've got him in an egg timer now, which is quite good. Uh, Victor Spinetti. Morning, Victor. Good lad. He's, he's very busy at the moment, uh, directing Brit Eklund in a one-woman show. Do you know, Brit Eklund turned up on a show... There was a picture of her in the paper the other day. Is she doing her one... Is this an audience-with kind of show? 
be quite interesting. It fits in her, her one-woman show. Lovely. Victor, nice to hear from you. Thank you so much for the book. It's really, really lovely. I shall sit back on the train this morning and I shall immerse myself in the smell of the sawdust and the roar of the grease paint. I shall enjoy every minute of it. Uh, Jane Moore also talks today about um, uh, people don't preach. People don't preach. It's because... The 23-year-old civil servant circulates a jokey email about the Pope's forthcoming visit and all hell breaks loose. Tongue-in-cheek observations, I might add, that had they been uttered on Have I Got News For You would be hailed as high satire. Culprit, Stephen Mulvane, has been rightly reprimanded, but Vatican officials reportedly want him fired, letting it be known that they find the memo seriously offensive and muttering about dark forces within the Foreign Office. You see, I would have thought they'd have taken completely the opposite view. I would have thought that the Pope would have gone... Who cares? Pope condom. What's the matter with Pope condoms? My friend Jackie, actually, and the last Pope, uh, he actually recorded a CD. He was put onto a CD. And uh, and then he was sort of copied and things like that. And that became very commercial. I don't think there's a matter with Pope condoms. Is there? Why not capitalise on something like that? As I, as I said the other day, you want to go down to Lourdes and see some of the tacky stuff that is on sale down there. I mean, it really is vile, some of it. So I don't see any... Any problems? And I love the way that they, they, they talk about dark forces in the Catholic Church. Yes, we know what those are. They'll be the paedophile priests, I think. Dark forces? What hypocrisy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, the paper today... Oh, it's oh, strange enough, they've got Jerry and uh, Kate McCann interviewed by Lorraine Kelly in The Sun. But it's, I just don't know where we go from here. I really don't. I mean, I'm sort of... Kind of caught twixt the devil and the deep blue sea, I'm afraid. Uh, more on Noah's Ark being found. It is it is rubbish, of course. They've not found Noah's Ark at all on a mountain in Turkey or anywhere else, or even with remains of animals. They've said, oh, it's divided into stables. It, uh, yes, of course it is. You can fool some people some of the time, and most of the people all of the, There'll be somebody who, who wants to believe it. There will be somebody who absolutely wants to believe that. And they'll be saying, oh, fantastic. Oh, good news for uh, Ascot today, if you're going Ascot racing. It becomes the first in Britain to offer odds on horses in decimals. That'll confuse most of them. I've seen punters before. Punters who struggle with fractions in bets can opt for the more modern method, but traditionalists can have condemned the move. Used to be a, a shop in Staines, until a few years ago, in the marketplace, which had all its prices in pounds, shillings and pence. And I remember laughing at the time, thinking, that's quite nice, it's a bit old-fashioned, isn't it? It's like people selling things in uh, pounds and ounces, was a greengrocer who was done because he should have brought it up and done it in kilos. Well, most elderly people don't know what on earth you're talking about. If you say how much that, and they go, oh, it's uh, £6 a kilo. Well, what does that look What does a kilo look like? Show me. Pounds and ounces, we understand. Because we, uh, we, were, we were brought up on it. But the rest of it, I haven't got any idea at all. I don't know. I remember when we went to sort of metric, somebody said, how tall are you? I thought, I've got no idea. I thought I was six foot. It turns out I'm 1.8 metres which I think is about five foot ten and a bit. I'm very disappointed. I'm not even six foot tall. I'm going to have to go and buy some more shoes. I cut my toenail yesterday. Now, you might think this is sort of quite exciting. You know when you think, right, I'm sitting in front of the television. I was going to watch Avatar, but frankly, I didn't have a spare two and a half hours yesterday in between trying to plug the computer in. And so I, I didn't bother watching Avatar. And then somebody said, have you watched it? I said, no, two and a half hours just seems too long. I bought it, and, and I was watching something else. It might have... What was I watching? It might have been this ghastly cooking programme. It might have been... I don't know. Jeff, for the life of me, it can't have been anything that interesting. Because I, I really didn't get into it. I started watching a thing about Earth with that, uh, that uh, Scottish guy who makes everything very believable, and that I find quite interesting. So I thought, I'll, I'll just cut my toenail. And I sort of cut a little bit, and I thought, oh, if I bend it back, as you do, 
<laughs> not one of not my toenail, my, one of my little nails. If I bend it back, then it'll just rip off there like that. So, so anyway, so I, I did that, and unfortunately, I cut the skin. The next thing, and I'm bleeding like there's no tomorrow because I'm on this blood thinner, and it means that if you do cut yourself, it goes forever. So I go into the bathroom, and I then proceed to take out a plaster. For some reason, I keep plasters. Don't ask me why. And, uh, and so I take the plaster, and I wrap that round. Well, in about five seconds, it's soaked through. So then I put another plaster on. Luckily, it stopped after that. It's all very exciting. So just be warned, if you're on blood thinners and you cut yourself, it'll go forever. Nuts uh, to everybody this morning, because they're going up in price. And they're going up seriously. I always knew that cashews were terribly expensive. I quite like cashews. Most people say they're really fattening, though. They make you sick because you you're vegetarian. Thicky poos. Oh, right. Is it because your little tummy can't cope with things like that? Do you eat almonds? Oh, right. Almonds. Well, actually, almonds have gone from £2.32 to £2.92. You see, I think that's really a big increase. There's no reason for it. Brazil's one forty three to two fifty two which is heavy, pistachios, 167, I don't like pistachios either, to 251, walnuts, my mother used to sit there with a bowl of nuts at Christmas, and we go, should we have some nuts out, we watch a film, oh, God, so we had the nut crack. We had, we had the novelty nutcrackers, ours was a donkey, and you put the nut in its bottom, and then brought the handle down, I mean, terribly exciting, we also had a donkey that dispensed cigarettes from its bottom as well, another random trip to Madrid, I think. Everybody else came back with straw donkeys. We came back with a donkey that dispensed cigarettes from its bottom. I mean, just a real talking point in our household. Imagine what fun we were at Christmas. Fancy watching this year's biggest food? Morning, team. It's Wednesday morning. It's LBC 97.3. It's nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen with you until 7. Nick Ferrari is here at 7 this morning. And Noreen says, yes, 1.80 centimetres around 5 foot 10 and a bit. I'm 1.75 and I'm 5 foot 9. Doesn't make me feel any better, I'm afraid. She says, I remember those flipping nutcrackers and the shells all over the floor and the sense of achievement if you've actually got the, the nut out hole. Yes, I remember those very, very well indeed. Very, very well. Nick Ferrari uh, this morning with the three main parties under increased pressure to spell out the scale of their cuts. Nick will be joined by Alistair Darling. Your chance to ask the Chancellor what he's got planned if he remains in charge of the country's finances after the election. Plus, after David Cameron was confronted over his plans for specialist schools, Nick will be asking if disabled pupils should be educated in mainstream schools or separately. That's, a, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Should they be? I think in mainstream schools. And then it makes people more aware of other people's disabilities. That's what I think. My humble opinion. For what it's worth this morning. Uh, Steve? Trevor says at the Ford Dagenham engine plant, night shift, 300 night shift workers waiting for you to start the show. Thank you. Nick in Orpington loves putting double cream into porridge, then adding strawberry jam. Oh, my goodness. Your cholesterol levels have gone through the roof. And um, another one here. Iron Chef UK. What a ghastly, ridiculous, shouty, shouty programme. What person decided this was good television, says Connie. Um, the commissioning editor, I think. The commissioning editor... So that's, that's what they, uh, they do. Uh, Steve, I've just thought of a title for your biography, The Life and Times of Steve Allen, and it could be made into a film. Lovely. And uh, enjoy reading your book on the train. Mind you, mind you don't end up in Windsor, says Brian. You're the second person who said to me, if you fall asleep on the train, would you go all the way to Windsor? I thought, well, not if I'm on the Teddington train. No, not really, unless it got diverted. Uh, Patricia says, hot weather, diabolical loathe the coming of summer, and why must weather persons give their opinion of the forecast? 
Brilliant today, 90s and humid. Patricia says, bring on the rain, the snow and the misty fog. See, I'm the same. I just don't do hot weather at all. I really, I get very, very hot and very, very bothered. I'm just as happy if it rains. I'm just as happy. I could be happier walking in snow. And everybody else goes, oh, isn't it lovely to get out there? And, and already we've had people walking around Twickenham with their shirts off and girls from the local college with very, very short skirts on and silly hats. Why do students wear the stupidest clothes under the sun? There's a group of them. I think they're emos who stand on Twickenham Station every morning. Average age must be about 14 or 15. They wear the most peculiar clothes I've ever seen. I don't know why. I don't know why. Perhaps it's because, uh, by themselves, they probably wouldn't wear it. En masse, they feel a little bit, uh, little bit braver. Steve, they found Noah's Ark. Next, they'll be saying they found the wardrobe that <laughs> leads to Narnia. I like that. Uh, John and uh, Vic. Thousands of children go missing. Not all of them were left alone in a room in a foreign country. If the McCanns were not a professional couple, they'd have been dragged through the mud by the media. Well, we, we had that argument before, where we've had people who have, who have left their children. And you're right, it seems to be a certain person who would be targeted by the media. They're a professional couple, so they're not targeted. People said, oh, it was terrible, they, you know, this, this happened. It was, it was just something that happened. They have to learn to live with it for the rest of their lives. But I've seen women in the papers before who've been dragged through the, uh, the newspapers. You left your child disgusting on a benefits holiday, this, and they, they go on about it. What's your most unhealthy food habit? As we talked about nuts earlier on, and I'm not, I'm not a huge nut fan, because somebody said to me, nuts, you know, nice, but they are fattening. Peanuts are the worst thing that you can ever have. And I used to love peanuts. Peanuts, oh, you, ha- you go into the pub, and it's the salt that gets you going. So if you're having a drink in a pub, you're sitting there, and it's a nice evening, it's sort of balmy, and you're having... I did it last week. It was about uh, one, two, three, four, five, about seven of us. And I got it into my head that I'd buy all the crisps and the peanuts. Quite a lot of crisps and peanuts at the Palmy Arms. Quite a lot of crisps. Because every so often I think, there's nothing nicer, is it? When you bring back crisps to the table, you open the packet and then you spread the packet out. because everybody dives in because it's the salt. So what's the most unhealthy food habit? Can anybody ever admit to eating that, what was that pork crackling stuff that they do? Pork scratchings. Oh, yuck. What is that? What is it? I don't think it's actually pork. I, don't think it's, I think it's just um, a made-up confection. Well the, well, the actual... Yes, I mean, I mean, you can actually go in to supermarkets. I have bought myself. They do pork uh, pieces, which you put in, and they go crackling. Or you can buy pork, and it's scored. It's the skin with salt on it, and it goes crackling. It's really quite nice, but it's all fat. And that's why it tastes delicious, because we like all the things that... We shouldn't really be eating. Steve's a little girl aged 11 who has the ageing condition, uh, Progeria. It is Progeria, isn't it, I think? Her, her and her family need to raise £32,000 to hold a reunion in Kent this year. Her webpage with details is uh, haleyspage.com. There you go, haleyspage.com. 84850, steve at uk. Am I the only one bored with uh, Gail Porter? I got a thing for a short while ago, and uh, they were saying, oh, she's moved agencies and she's now with this agent, and we're, it's marvellous to have Gail Porter here. She's going on about uh, her alopecia again, which I thought she'd done to death. Every time I opened up the paper, it was either Gail Porter... They're still going on about the fact that her body was projected onto the House of Commons. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was 1999. They're still talking about it. Well, she is. Um, and then she went to a film premiere. She split from husband... Uh, Dan Hipgrave. The alopecia then struck, and then she refused to wear a wig 
to hide her hair loss, like loads of other people. But she's made a career out of it, and she's still talking about it. Still talking about it now, but apparently she manages bands now. Obviously, the TV career given up completely. So, uh, you know, alopecia, again, great if you don't know what it is. Fantastic, but I've read Gail Porter's story a million times. I mean, she's made a career out of talking about alopecia. My unhealthy food habit, Steve, is devouring cheese. Now, that is... Cheese is lovely, but it is fattening. I know people who can put on a ton of weight on cheese and biscuits, because once you start on cheese and biscuits, you kind of don't stop, and it becomes comfort food, and then you get carried away, you go, cheese, biscuits, and pickle, and then cheese, biscuits, and pickled onions, and then and then cheese, pickle on top of the cheese, then another piece of cheese on top of that, cheese with cheese, cheese with different sorts of cheese, the crackers, all of it fattening, and the danger is that if you eat it every night after after dinner... You will put on a lot of weight, because it is, the mo- as you've noticed, and it is the most fattening thing that you can eat. So my advice is, little and often. Seems to cover me for everything, actually, that nowadays, <laughs> little and often. But cheese and biscuits, terrible. I know we love it, but it's really bad for you. Quarter past six. These are the headlines with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Britain's most senior business leaders at a school... Morning, everyone. There's a lovely picture in the Daily Mail today, of Nigel Page and Justine Laycock, who've got married. They were together for eight years. And then, luckily, uh, Nigel won some money on the lottery. 56 million. And so they've decided, because his name was on the ticket and her name wasn't, they've gone off to get married, which is great. They've got a £4 million uh, lodge in Barnsley. And when I say a £4 million lodge in Barnsley, in Barnsley, you can practically buy Barnsley for £4 million. I mean, you get a lot of house up there. In London, you wouldn't get as much uh, thing. But they went to stay at the Atlantis in the Palm Resort in Dubai. And it's got the most fabulous bedroom. And in front of the bed, you know, normally in a hotel, you've got uh, a wall, perhaps with a window in it. Well, this has got... Imagine this, this studio here. You've seen pictures on, uh, on YouTube of what the studio looks like. And imagine if one of the walls was all glass and it's an aquarium because the whole middle of the hotel is an aquarium with sharks and everything else. So when you pull back the curtains, there is this huge aquarium. I quite like that idea. Except, I mean, it's fairly, fairly thick, tough... And, oh, she doesn't do sharks. But it's fairly thick, tough and glass and you just sit there watching the fish swimming by. I mean, I think that'd be fantastic. Be a bit worried of a diver hove interview, wouldn't you? But I mean, I, I like the idea, and I'm looking at a picture of it here, which is absolutely wonderful. They they have this 400 year old former dairy farm in the Cotswolds with five bedrooms, a 25 seater cinema, an indoor pool, sauna, and steam room. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how, how people think that if if you're rich, you've got a home cinema, and if you've got a pool and a jacuzzi? Because they say the best thing about having a pool is not having a pool, because most people come in and go, "Oh, lovely! Oh, it's a pool," and you go, "Yes." And then I saw one on the television the other day, which is half the size, a little tiny pool, but it's what they call a wave pool. So you, you get in it, and it's got um, pumps that pump the water towards you, and you swim against the water, so you don't need as much room. Whereas I like to bob around on my lilo. I like to sort of, you know, swim around, pina colada in one hand, you know, beach ball in the other, things like that, and just bob around quietly on my own little pool. Which I haven't actually had dug yet, because I need to tell the neighbours I'm going to be digging into their sitting room. They might as well realise when the water floods through the ceiling, that's what's going on. Because at the moment, it's, um, it's not happening. But I quite fancy the idea. I would use a pool if I had my own pool. I don't like doing public pools. I think public pools are a little bit... I think some people go there for a wash. I'm totally convinced. So what's your most unhealthy food habit? What is it that you like that you know 
It's not good for you. Earlier on, we had Anthony talking about you could eat a box of After Eight for breakfast. And then cheese and biscuits and cheese and crackers. I don't know why we think it's ever healthy. It's just terrible. And uh, what was the other one? Peanut butter on top of hot buttered toast. So you butter the toast and then you put peanut butter on the top. And we have had other people saying peanut butter and jam together, which does sound absolutely revolting. But you cannot beat a farmhouse loaf, a cottage loaf, with butter on and then little... I sometimes do that. I break up a little bit. I haven't had toast for weeks, actually, at the moment. I'm being, being quite good. And then putting a little bit of peanut butter on the top of it. Yum, yum, yum. It's quite delicious. Although I heard somebody talking to Anthony overnight and saying all the things he shouldn't have would be things like scampi, fried fish, very bad for you, batter, oil, anything like that, and scampi. All right to have the, the bit in the middle, the prawn tail or the prawn or whatever it happens to be, but not to have the coating. Anything that's got batter. In fact, anything that you know you like the taste of is bad for you. There is nothing that you like the taste of that is good, that is, that is actually good for you. Everything is bad. So cream cakes, bad for you. You know, alcohol, bad for you. Cheese on toast, bad. I mean, how many pieces of cheese on toast could you eat? Answer, you could do a loaf of cheese on toast. All of this stuff, peanut butter, rolls with egg and, and, oh, just eat anything. I mean, why is it that, uh, that things like apple pie are bad for you? Why is it that one, one sausage isn't bad for you, but eating a whole pack is? I mean, how does that work out? Ridiculous. And then, of course, people who drench everything in olive oil. You know, that's because it's healthy for you. Because you never find unhealthy Italians. And so, consequently, you know, you look at this olive oil. And I went to the supermarket the other day thinking, I might buy some. I'd never use it, but I thought I'd, I'd make it look as if I was sort of man of the moment. And I looked on the shelf and there's olive oil in bottles, in tins, in glass jars with bits in there and herbs. And so, I don't know which one to buy. I've got no idea. Do you just eat it by itself? I've been to restaurants before. In fact, I go to the, the tapas in, in Twickenham and I've had, um, I've had olive oil in a little bowl and then you dip some bread in it. And that's quite nice, but I mean, I'm not going to get off on it. It's not, it's not that exciting. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Scratchings are definitely pork. Are you sure they are? I thought they were man-made. Th- I mean, I know, I know what, the, what the premise is behind them, and I'm sure that pork scratchings are not that good. Uh, me too. Hate the heat, says D. Like sunshine, but anything over 65 degrees, way too hot. I've already got the fan going. Nuts are good for you. Brazil nuts, if you can shell them. Yeah, Brazil nuts, I think, are better, aren't they? But, I mean, I might get some Brazil nuts, but they're just so expensive. They're not, do they grow on trees or under the crown Brazil nuts? Does anybody know? <laughs> I'm supposed to know something like this. I'm supposed to know. I heard... Um, um, James O'Brien the other day talking about radio presenters who he said pretend they know a lot of things. No, 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 no. Not true at all. Radio presenters have to experience a lot of things. Don't get somebody coming on you try and bluff your way through it. That's the whole idea. You ask anybody who's been in the business for anything more than five years and with age comes experience. It's quite true and it means you can talk about lots of different things and you learn about lots of different things. You can talk about life, death, Noah's Ark... Christianity, anything you want to talk about. Bird food, squirrels, you, you name a subject, I can talk on it quite easily. Steve, you do worry me sometimes. Using your computer mouse upside down and causing medical mayhem, just cutting your toenail, says Lynn. I know. It's a book almost, isn't it? A little bit worrying. Uh, more on uh, Madeleine McCann's parents begging the police to start again in the search for Madeleine. I don't... Uh, um, I've said before, and I don't know where we go with the McCanns. They've said it was frustrating that the police in Portugal and the UK are not doing more to find Maddie. 
They don't have the resources, I'm afraid. They really don't. This is the family who I think have uh, spent a million pounds so far. This three-year saga has already cost the taxpayer half a million pounds. That's what it's, it's cost us so far, and we're nowhere near. And they say, well, we have to start again. Where do they start? It's nothing to do with the British police. What would be the point of the British police going out there to try and rehash over something they know already? They know she was taken. They don't know by whom. The CCTV wasn't working. There was nobody in the room. You ask yourself the question, why did they just take Madeline? Why did they not take the other two children? Uh, did she wander off? We don't know. That's the problem. And I don't think sending the police over there is going to solve any problem at all. If we've already spent half a million pounds, how much more money can we spend? Should it be never-ending? I mean, the, the McCanns themselves have taken in lots and lots of money from well-meaning people who funded it, and we're no nearer. In fact, we're, we're even further away. If you remember, all the press went traipsing out to that gypsy encampment because they'd seen a little girl with, with some gypsy ladies, and, uh, and it turned out it was their daughter. Imagine how they felt turning up. Of course, but, but anywhere else, they'd have sued. Excuse me, coming over here disrupting our lifestyle, we're going to sue. So I, d I don't think the answer is... You know, the police, it's, it's almost being a little bit ungrateful. We've spent half a million, and we've done as much as we can. The police think that they've done as much as they can. The Portuguese police, I mean, probably not the best police force in the world, they, they, they just want the whole thing to go away. The people, are, you know, in, in Praia de Luz, they wanted all of that to go away. It's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, fried bread, says Rob the trucker. Fri I know. It is awful, isn't it? Cheese on toast with jam, says Brenda. Cheese, peanut butter and jam on toast. Not together. Please, not together. Dreadful. Oh, crikey. Cheese, peanut butter and jam on toast. <gasps> I do like fried bread, though. It is extremely bad for you. Fried bread is... That is the worst thing you can have. Anthony said he liked the fry-up in the morning, and I bet if you ask around here, most people would say, you can't beat fried bread. But all it is, it's just bread... Which is in oil. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> it soaks it up. But there's something very satisfying about it. Something very satisfying. Which is, uh, <laughs> which is the kind of thing... I'll tell you, all the things you like are all the things that you shouldn't have. And you think, but some people can eat them. A friend of mine was married to this girl and she could eat a box of crisps. A, I mean, a box, not just a packet of crisps, and not put on weight... She could eat anything. She could eat Chinese meal after Chinese meal and not put on any weight. And you think to yourself, well, how does that work in somebody? And it's their, their metabolism. They, they seem to deal with food differently. Whereas other people only have to look at, uh, at uh, sort of, you know, a, a piece of fried bread or a cream cake and immediately on go the pounds. You know, terrible, isn't it, really? Terrible. Pringles are very addictive, says Graham. They are. Have you notice, though, it's not... They don't look like a potato to me. It's because if, you, if you've if you got a mark on the on the top crisp, it runs all the way through the box. And so it's... You see, what, what you can do with Pringles is you can actually... Because they stack, you can put six together in your mouth, and when they crunch, they're quite good. Or failing that, I've heard people say, salad cream with crisps. Now, that's, that's made my mouth water now. Or mayonnaise. Or olive oil, probably. Uh, never cook hot with extra virgin olive oil as it turns to bad fat when it gets uh, to be that, says Dave. And, um, and Nick says, pork scratchings, definitely deep-fried pigskin. Oh, dear. <laughs> Shan't be eating pork scratchings ever again, though. And a cheese sandwich with strawberry jam. Now, wasn't that what... 
What is it with cheese, with, um, with jam, actually? Cheese sandwich with... What was it that Elvis Presley had? Didn't he have banana deep-fried sandwiches with jelly, which is what they call jam? So they would have jam. He would make a jam sandwich with bananas, put two bits together and deep-fry them. So as if you were doing... As it, I know exactly. That's why the, uh, the king was the size he was, I'm afraid. So it was, that's what it was. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. The things that people eat when, you, when you're very hungry, you sit there late at night and you've had a few drinks and you think, I know what I'll do. I'll go and get a kebab. Or I'll go and get Chinese. Or I'll go and get some deep fried chicken. Or I'll do anything. The, the moment it's got the word fried next to it, it's got the word don't eat. Because it's bad for you. Which is absolutely terrible. Terrible. I do love the picture of a man here who's, I mean, I'm assuming it, it's genuine. He's shaking hands with a squirrel. Now, we've seen these sort of pictures before, and uh, and he says, um, patience and the ability to sit silently without making a move are a good start. And the squirrel came up and put its paws on. It's not actually shaking hands with him. It just put its paws on his, which is quite nice. The problem being, it's a grey squirrel. And the grey squirrels got rid of all the red squirrels and they're now trying to introduce the red squirrels back in because the grey squirrels are classed as vermin. And so it goes. This is LBC. It's Steve Allen. It's 6.30. More of your unhealthy food habits in a moment. Some people are lucky. They can eat whatever they like and they don't put on weight. Sam Pittis is one of those. Good morning, Steve. Good Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, As always, we follow two winners... Hmm. with two losers. Hmm. Alex says, uh, you were very unlucky with your selection. Just getting caught on the line. Your nag Ice Diva was second, uh, but his signet was last out of nine. Well, that's it, you see. It's, uh, yeah. For me, it's, it's sort of edging towards uh, the winners rather than, you know, getting, yeah. uh, getting a string of them. I think second is, is a good platform to build on. Yeah. Yeah, well, well second, second's good if you'd gone each way, Yeah, well, you we didn't. don't go each way, you know. Just, you know, I can't afford to you go have. each way with my... Uh, you have. Well, I did once, it didn't work, but I can't afford to go each way with my deficit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so today... Oh, wait, wait a minute. Your, your loss is... Tell £13. me. £13.66. <laughs> it stings. It stings it every stings day. It stings a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And Alex's profit is £5. When you consider how high he was, he needs some winners. I know. I've, I've, <laughs> I think he's got a bit of my... Uh, my sort of negative, uh, negative luck, if that's, yes. if that's the right phrase. I well, seem to have out, rubbed out off of on nine, his, his was nine, so it wasn't, wasn't particularly brilliant, no, was it, but he does, as you say, he does seem to have lost quite a bit of money since I took over doing this racing. Yes! So <laughs> I'm whether, not saying why that's Well, I was going to say, I don't know if, uh, <laughs> if he's been uh, following my form, <laughs> Well, today we're off to Ascot, yep. where they've gone decimalised. Okay. That's what they're going to be doing in uh, a lot of the... So now you can get the odds in, in, a, in a decimal. Oh, right. As opposed to uh, oh, I, fractions I know. at the moment. Isn't that like an... I think that's like the American... Uh, yeah, American a lot of people system. are against it. I think it is. I think a decimal... Isn't that what they use in America? I think it is. Yeah. But a, a lot of people are saying, no, we don't like that, because they don't like change in horse racing. Of course not. So it's the 320, and it's Cityscape, win only. Cityscape, win only. Does that mean they've got to change the hand signals, do you think? Uh... Oh, I never thought about I wonder that. that. I wonder whether how you do decimalisation with that. I wonder no. whether the hand signals are different. To, oh, I don't know. You can imagine, you know, three I'll to one on the you old. To ask that well, question. it's an interesting question. It is a very, how you, very pertinent question. How you spell it out? In that <laughs> case. It's very pertinent, and I'm I'm going with you big time on it, but I'm trying to ignore it at the same well, time. Well, let's see if we can get Alex could get an answer. You, you yeah. would have thought he would know. So there you go, Alex. Uh, does does it affect we, the tic tac? If we can get an answer from him. Yeah. Uh, well, there are five race meetings at uh, Sutherland, Kelso. They go over the jumps, and on the flat at Kempton, Pontefract, and Ascot. We're going to Ascot as well. Also the three twenty, and also win only Cityscape. Excellent. Both going for the same. Horse. Oh right, you're, you're Cityscape too. Yeah. Oh blimey. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see. Indeed. Let's hope he gets me an answer tomorrow as well. Yes. Well, well I'm sure he will. He's very good, good at well, I'm sure like he is, that. but it's, I'd be interested to know. All right. Well, nothing today, I'm afraid. Well, Nothing you know. today. Not a Mars bar, not a porridge, nothing. It tired me. I thought I got one on Monday, didn't I? Yes, it you did, Monday. yes. Yeah, it's yeah. still, it'll do me for the week, <laughs> as you said. Good for you. You don't put on a lot of weight. No, exactly. All right, well, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Steve. Thanks very much indeed. There you go, Sam Pitt. There is a man who can eat everything and just doesn't put on any weight. Very, very depressing. Uh, chopped banana, double cream and sugar, says Tracy. You see, I can eat cornflakes without sugar on. I didn't think that I could eat cornflakes without sugar, but I can eat cornflakes. In fact, I could eat any breakfast here without sugar on it. You, you can wean yourself off, but I've seen some people shoving spoons of sugar into, into cups of tea, uh, which can never be too good. Strangely enough, says Peter, what surprises me is seeing people put masses of salt on their food, often before tasting. You see, I... I yes, you're right. People do put it on there automatically. I never put pepper on anything. I'm sure that pepper's right. I love your surname, of course, Peter, which is it's got the word salt in it as well. So people put masses of salt on their food, often before tasting. You watch in a restaurant, he said, it's not healthy. I'm going to watch that in future, I've decided. Uh, Elliot says, I've stopped smoking for two months and I can't stop eating. Japanese crisps, big bag of raisin bread with crisps and cheese slices inside, washed down with half a litre of Van Houten cocoa. Oh, that sounds absolutely like the recipe for a heart attack. It absolutely sounds dreadful. It, do- it doesn't even sound like it would taste good either, we don't think. We really don't think. Uh, years ago when I was young, says Dawn, I used to enjoy a slice of bread and butter with sugar sprinkled on it. Now, that was quite common. That was quite common today. Uh, years ago, we used to have that. You would go into a restaurant, or failing that you'd be at home, and your mum would do you some bread, and you'd sprinkle sugar, and then fold it over and eat it. But mind you, those were the days where you'd go into a restaurant or a cafe, and they would have a bowl of sugar lumps, and you'd be eating sugar lumps. Or failing that, taking a packet of sugar, because otherwise you don't know where people have put their hands, and ripping the sugar and popping it in your mouth that way. No Steve Hargrave today, because, um, because there's no Steve Hargrave today. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I think probably very busy. Uh, 84850, These dreadful foods for you. Apparently Brazil nuts will burn like a candle for several minutes. Think how much oil they must contain. Yes, I've seen that before. It was, it was, uh, it was made as an edible candle. You make the base out of apple, and then you stick a Brazil nut in the top and light it. And, uh, and, then, and then you can eat the whole candle, which is, uh, which is good. Richard, thank you for that one. I, I knew about the burning of the Brazil nuts. Very good. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, one here. Uh, dairy milk in between sour cream and chive Pringles. Oh, no. I don't like the sound of that at all. Chocolate and crisp together, apparently. Uh, Steve, a soft-boiled egg with a dollop of peanut butter and jam on top. Thank goodness she's only joking. Fish finger sandwich with a fried egg with salad cream, a little black pepper. You know, I'm not a fan of black pepper. I'm absolutely not. I mean, I've, I, could, I couldn't care less whether, uh, <laughs> whether pepper's on the table or not. But uh, a fish finger sandwich, not a fr- Well, if it's going to be a fried egg, it would have to be a fried egg that wasn't runny. I don't do runny fried eggs. But salad cream as well. Fish finger sandwich with... Actually, Thousand Island dressing is better. But every time I've been out to try and buy Thousand Island dressing, it seems to come with light Thousand Island dressing. You know, lo- well, I'm not interested in the low-fat one. I really, I'm, I really don't care, I'm afraid. <laughs> I really don't care. Uh, another one here. Beef dripping on toast and salt... Yum, 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 says Roz. 
My favourite is toast with honey and peanut butter with cheese, says Pearl. What is it with cheese? You lot, there must be a whole range of fatties out there. So, toast with honey and peanut butter with cheese. These combinations of peanut butter and cheese have cropped up time and time again. But beef dripping on toast and salt. Not sure about that. Another one here from Trix who says, hard-boiled eggs, spring onions and white buttered bread. There's something about white buttered bread. It was a comforter, wasn't it? Although there are those who subscribe to the fact that um, brown bread is better for you. I've never actually... If you buy a good quality white bread, it's exactly the same. Elvis ate peanut butter, jam and banana deep fried. About 7,000 calories. There's a cookbook by his former cook, says Chris. And one here from Nikki who says, I love your show. I had an operation two weeks ago and starting to feel more normal now, which is good because it's my 49th birthday today. I love cheese and mango chutney on toast. Will somebody make it for me for breakfast? No, they won't. No, they won't. Cheese and mango chutney on toast. Well, have a nice day. Uh, but uh, I don't think anybody... You really shouldn't at 49 be having things like that. Cheese on toast is fun. Mango... Well, I suppose you could, but you can't have it all the time, can you? You need to get out and get some exercise. Bob says people have been shaking hands with squirrels for the last week in St James's Park. How about baked beans fried in bacon fat on bread? Also fried in bacon fat. Kate Moss eats anything and puts on no weight. Some people are lucky, aren't they? They can just eat anything and they don't put on the weight. And those are the people that we hate. Those are the people that sit next to you and they go, do you know, I could eat a ton of cream cakes and not put on an ounce. And you go, I'm really happy for you. Really. I go, I can do the same. And they look at me and go, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Here it is again, I'm afraid. It's the one show. They had a swan that uh, they said should have been given an ASBO. They ran a feature on this swan. What they didn't tell you on the programme that you didn't see was that they had somebody in a canoe who antagonised the swan so they could get the footage of it. And, in fact, there was uh, a wildlife expert, Michelle Childerly, Childerly, who says the film crew provoked Mr Asbo the swan so they could get their, their pictures. It's not the first time. You remember that uh, Peter Fincham, then controller of BBC One, resigned after a trailer for a documentary about the Queen incorrectly suggested that she flounced out of a photo shoot. It does happen a lot. They do have to dummy things up, because if a swan's just sitting there and it's got a reputation for attacking people and it's not doing it, they've got to do something so that they can, they can get a picture. And then they go, oh, look, here it is, and this is... What they should do is be honest and tell you, but they tend not to, I'm afraid. They tend not to. What kind of sick society, says Jan Moyer, has Jack Tweed as a pin-up, and what kind of girl wants to sleep with him? <laughs> Where do you want to begin? Where do you want to begin? There's, there's an, a veritable army of desperados out there who will more than happily sleep with somebody because they're in the papers. These are the wannabes, as she says. Bleached teeth and tiny dresses. I know. They're everywhere. You open up the paper. Every single paper has, uh, has, has got... So You remember the other day... Um, we have a, a so-called model called Jordan in this country. And Kirsty Alsop, who's the, uh, the property guru said that uh, Jordan is the very worst kind of mother because she exploits her children. She puts them in fashion shoots and she uses them. No, I'm not interested in that, but she exploits her children. And she said she's the worst kind of mother. She complains about people exploiting. You remember the Jordan case where somebody, they were filming her for the TV show and somebody at the New Year's Eve party had put pictures on Facebook of her children. And she went, this is disgraceful. And this is the same woman who uses them in all the quiz shows, in all the shows. I'm not interested in whether she's a good mother. This is what Kirsty Allsop was saying about her and saying that she's exploiting her own children 
but she complains about other people. Jordan has now hit back at Kirsty, saying, who is she? Who's Kirsty Allsop? Because I, I get the impression that maybe Jordan perhaps doesn't watch proper adult television and doesn't have any idea of who Kirsty Allsop is. And she said she's trying to get publicity by using my name. I don't really think Kirsty Allsop needs to worry about things like that as her programme has a much bigger audience than Jordan's. But she's quite right in so much as Jordan uses the children in every television programme. In fact, there are even pictures in the paper today of Jordan and her children uh, where she's sort of coming back. How old is her little princess Tiami? Is she, is she not too old to be having a dummy in her mouth? What age do children stop having dummies in their mouths? Uh, they've got here Alex, and uh, because he said he wants to be a film star now, and he's going to go to America, and he wants to act with, with Jordan. But you do every day. You do every day act with Jordan. We saw you the other day being very nasty to those nice paparazzi photographers. And, uh, and he got out, and then he called the police, and the whole thing degenerated, I'm afraid, into something quite, quite awful. Which is, a, which is a bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. Peanut butter with golden syrup, says Colleen. God, dear, where are you getting some of these things from this morning? This is just terrible. You shouldn't be eating any of this. More on Noah's Ark. It survived 4,800 years. It's a hoax. I'll tell you that for a fact. Quarter to seven. <laughs> With the news headline, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. After a massive fall for the FTSE, the economy is expected. Actually, incidentally, that uh, that swan being annoyed, the uh, video has been posted on YouTube, especially after Christine Bleakley said, just so you know, we didn't provoke that swan. Well, swans, listen, do not start flapping their wings unless there's somebody who's come near them and annoyed them. I know, because in Kingston, down the road from me, we must have about 200 swans and people go and feed them. In fact, I've never seen such a proliferation of swans. I've got tons of the things. And, uh, and they don't behave like that. So something had to go on, and that's why the video was posted on YouTube. Uh, Alex says, tic-tac. That was the way of conveying the prices from a spotter looking at other bookmakers to their bookmaker. Fast and a mystery. For the last 15 years, they use mobile phones or radios. Only a few... Well, actually, strangely not, because I see John McCrick doing tic-tac. And when I was down uh, on Boxing Day... At Kenton, there were people doing tic-tac there. Perhaps they don't call them tic-tac, but I was watching them doing, you know, on, on the head, on the net, all that kind of stuff. Only a few bookmakers at Ascot will use decimal odds as a test. They want to avoid confusion with odds like 8 to 13 by using 1.64. Much more clear. <laughs> You're right, actually. It does get confusing at racing, doesn't it? It absolutely gets confusing. Paul says, on the subject of unhealthy food, my vice is hazlitt, onions and brown sauce on toast. Oh, dear. See, the brown sauce was something that most people go for for, for, for breakfast. And, and, I, and there was either the HP fruity sauce, daddy's sauce, which was, which was fairly strong, and people had it on sausages, on eggs. And I used to hate it. I can just about get away with tomato sauce now. Uh, Declan says, wedding rings make women fat. That's what happened to all my mates' wives after they put one on. Not my wife, obviously. It's true, isn't it? So there must be something in, in the wedding ring that makes you fat nowadays. Thank you, Declan. Uh, Colin, great creation. Cheese, marmalade and chilli flake sarnies. I think people are now making these up to see just how revolting a combination you can come up with. Cheese, marmalade and chilli flake sandwiches. Oh, dear. Uh, cheese dreams are shallow, dried cheese sandwiches. All nuts are tree nuts. Apparently, peanuts are not real nuts. They're legumes. Thank you. Uh, Angela says, all cheese is a no-no. It'll turn your bones to chalk. I know, we do like cheese, but I, I tend to eat 
People say to me, oh, have you been to a cheese shop? And we've got loads of really good cheese shops around our way. And you think, shall I go? They go, no, it's all really fattening. So I tend to buy the stuff that comes in. You know, it's pre-packed. You've got ten slices of cathedral or something like that. Uh, and Kath in Highgate says, some of these listeners' food combinations, Steve, are making me feel quite nauseous. I am rather partial to a cheese and onion crisp and a salad cream sandwich. Now, that, that I couldn't disagree with. Ruth in Enfield says, make your own Thousand Island dressing with mayo or salad cream and tomato ketchup. I prefer buying... I know you can, but I, I prefer buying. Uh, George, who's a fitness coach, coach, said a friend of mine gave her baby son fish fingers and milk. Ooh, dear. I don't like that one. And uh, wish my mother Noreen, says Bernie on the Finchley Road, a happy 81st today. She'll not be having a fry-up, will she? At 81. Many happy returns, Noreen. Hot homemade baked banana bread with peanut butter topped with whipped cream. Oh, dear, these sounds like calorie killers to me. And Lynn says, I do love peanut butter on toast. You can also buy cashew nut spread. Cashew nut spread. I might go and buy some Brazil nuts today as part of this, uh, this never-ending quest to be a little bit more healthy. Adrian in Morden says, a large portion of chips liberally covered in chilli, covered with sour cream and topped with melting cheese. Ha ha. And Kevin says, these people who can eat anything and put on no weight usually stink of smoke because they smoke 60 cigarettes a day. So that, coupled with all the eat furring of the arteries, makes them unhealthy. But am I clutching at straws? Prob- I don't know. You're right, actually. It is, if, if you, that's why when people stop smoking, they then start complaining bitterly, saying, I've stopped smoking and I've put on weight. And other people say, well, I stopped smoking and I didn't put on weight because it's supposed to be an appetite suppressant. It's, it's the kind of thing that you can just about get away with. And then people say, but if I stop smoking, because I don't really want to, what am I going to do about putting on weight? And you go, well, you just have to suffer with it, I'm afraid. You have to get out there and do a little bit more exercise, which can be, uh, which can be beneficial. But just take it easy. Don't, you never, ever, ever go straight into exercise, exercise without warming up first. You're supposed to warm up. Time running out for Jack the Lad. His, his uh, friends are now saying that he's going to go mad in Marbella. It's a bit of a vacuous existence, but uh, uh, Nadine Lynch, writing in the Daily Star today, says the next time things may be a lot worse. It's not actually looking... He doesn't exactly have a great reputation, twice in prison, for assault. And, uh, and people are just saying he needs to actually sort his life. He's 22 and he acts like an f- you know, 18-year-old, I suppose. That's the end of it, because he knows he can make money out of the media. I'm told in the papers today that his mother is going to be selling her story about him because he hasn't got any money. But I thought he was a nightclub promoter. Or is that just a loose term for somebody who stands on the door of a club and goes, it's my night, you can all come in? I don't know what, what qualifications you need for things like that, but I shouldn't imagine it's, it's too much. Uh, the Queen must be despairing yet again, writes Anne Widdicombe, as the Duchess of York is in the headline for unpaid bills. This time, 100000 for legal fees. If this had happened once, it could be shrugged off, but again... And again, she says, what's going on? Fergie may no longer be a member of the royal family, but she's still the mother of Her Majesty's grandchildren and still living on Prince Andrew's estate. Why is it that the older royals are so prudent and some of their newcomers aren't? Well, actually, Anne's got it completely wrong. The uh, late Queen Mother owed five million to her bank. She had no concept of money whatsoever. And the bank, because she was the Queen Mother, just allowed her to carry on. So there was, there was no danger of it ever not being paid because the Queen would always pay for her, her mother's debts. But it's, it's rather a shame, really, that Sarah Ferguson, we thought, had cleared it all up. Then the other day, she turned up with Prince Andrew. I think sometimes they think they can mix with us and then other times they can't mix with us because they sort of come from a different, different part of the world. And they turned up at the, 
at the marathon to welcome home Beatrice. And then Fergie proudly told us that she's going to be running the marathon next year. Remember, you heard it here first. And if it happens, we'll follow it very carefully. She'll need to do some training. Princess Beatrice's training wasn't really that clever. She was just tied to Sam Branson as they went on a crocodile. Uh, sorry, a caterpillar. I do because they were they were chained together, and she had a name Beatrice on a hat because it was like okay, yeah, it was like really fabulous, and it was great. And uh, I don't know if they raised money, but loads of other people raised money. Charlie Girling from here. Jim Diamond's going off to do another marathon for Help a London Child. So I've started the ball rolling by sponsoring him. I'm hoping he's going to finish it. Well, he has to, actually. I think it's only a, uh, a, a mini-marathon. But either way, he's looking to raise a bit of money. So that's always good news. So 10 kilometres... 10 kilometres, is it? Not as small as I thought it was, actually. 10 kilometres a little bit further. So I, I sponsored him for some uh, money. Uh, Pat says, Have you noticed that politicians and others seem to have forgotten speech and dress code and now prefer to be guys without ties? Even Gordon Brown succumbed. Makes him look man of the people. That's what they like. It, it makes them look as though they're more in touch with the rest of us. I don't know whether you believe that or not. But I, I love a woman, finally today, called Chrissy Sharkey. She's saving for her million-pound dream home by doing any odd job for a pound. She's a textile teacher, fell in love with this luxury five-bedroom mansion and knew she could never afford it on her part-time salary. So she started to raise the money on a bobber job. A year on, she's raised £15,000. Well, to be honest with you, by the time you actually get there, this place will have either gone up in value or somebody else will have bought it. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, an escort agency advised her that she could earn £400 a night, but she turned that down. So she has to do a million jobs at a pound each to save up for the house, which somebody else might nip in, now they've seen it advertised in the paper, and go, I'm going to buy that house. Because if it's taken her a year to do 15000 you can work out yourself exactly how long it's going to take to get the rest of the money. Uh, finally, my thanks again to Victor Spinetti for the book. Very, very nice indeed. We'll do it again tomorrow. If you go to the LBC website, you can uh, learn how to podcast. It'll change your life completely. Never will you need to go out and go, oh dear, I've got uh, no idea. What am I going to listen to today? It'll always be something on LBC you can download. lbc.co.uk If you go to uh, the website as well, you can have a look at all the pictures. We're going to be putting up some pictures of the contributors very shortly. They're all filling in details frantically and making sure that their pictures are airbrushed. All of that and more you find on the LBC website. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at five. Have a great day. It's going to be a hot one today. Nick Ferrari is with you after the news at seven. First of all, this morning's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will start trading after closing down 150.